Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 18 of season two. This week we are studying John chapters seven through 10. And this week's reading assignment is somewhat unique. Um, to this point this year, almost every week has some has had some reading from the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, the Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they are called that because they cover similar material from a similar point of view. But the Gospel of John is different. It covers events that are not covered in the other Gospels, um, has a different uh, kind of viewpoint. It also has an extensive treatment of the Last Supper, and particularly the intercessory prayer offered by Jesus. And uh, for the, those are just some of the reasons why I love the Gospel of John for its unique insights. And this reading, this week's reading assignment is one of the few in the whole uh, New Testament course of study that is exclusively focused on chapters from John. And these chapters have two of my favorite stories from the Savior's life, and they each teach uh, very important lessons for our emotional and spiritual growth. The first of these stories is found in John 8, starting in verse 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that thou should that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, as I understand this, the law of Moses did have a provision for stoning people that were caught in adultery, uh, but it was rarely enforced. And these detractors were simply trying to make a point. They were trying to force the Savior to choose between justice and mercy and then expose him as a hypocrite. And as always, uh, the Savior's intervention and insight was masterful and the people abandoned their plan just almost as soon as they had hatched it. But what I love most about this story is uh, the way Jesus treated the woman and his, his tender and compassionate treatment of her. Now, she had committed a very serious sin, and um, very serious sins carry very serious consequences, but he did not condemn her. Now, to condemn her means to express disapproval or censure. It's important to remember that Jesus did not forgive her sin. And there have been many times in the New Testament where he says, thy sins are forgiven thee. He did not say that to this woman. Um, there was a repentance process that was needed. And um, he and he asked her to start that repentance process by sinning no more, by forsaking her sin. But he did not condemn her, um, meaning that he did not disapprove of her. Now, I believe that Jesus disapproved of her behavior, but he did not disapprove of her as a person. And making this distinction between our behavior and our core selves is critical. Very often we do bad things and then we think we are bad people. And that's just not true. Uh, personally, I believe that almost everyone has a core of goodness 
And I, I've worked with many people in my career as a psychologist who have done very bad things. And, but I continue to believe that, that just about everyone has a, a very good core inside. And I think maybe that's what the savior tunes into. Maybe everyone has that. And maybe that's why he's able to love us so much is that he can see past our behaviors into our hearts and he can see that goodness and he uses that to inform his judgment of us. Now, when we condemn ourselves or disapprove of ourselves, this can fuel feelings of anxiety and depression. And, that, and so the invitation is to see ourselves as the Lord sees us, to give ourselves compassion and grace. It's a tall order, but it's what he wants for us. Now, the second story in this reading that I want to discuss is regarding the, uh, the blind man who Jesus healed. It's got great lessons. Um, I'm just going to talk about one of them. And it's uh, John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So the disciples' question kind of reflected their lack of understanding and what I consider a flawed underlying belief. They presumed that because this man was afflicted with blindness, that someone must have done something wrong. Either he had done something wrong or his parents had done something wrong, and that was the cause of his affliction. And the Savior corrected them and taught that sometimes negative circumstances happen simply to fulfill God's promises, that no one did anything wrong. And as I uh, read this and reflect on it, I thought, do we ever find ourselves asking such questions, um, asking questions about our own situations? And I hear some hypothetical questions. And I would say, ask you, do any of these sound familiar? Um, first possible question, what did we do wrong so that our children left the church? Another question, what did I do wrong that I have mental health issues and my friends don't? Another possible question is, where did I blow it so that others have good lives and I don't? Uh, now, I'm not trying to say that there are no consequences for behavior. Obviously, there are consequences for behavior. And sometimes our negative circumstances are a direct result of our poor choices. But to assume that all negative outcomes are because we did something wrong is simply incorrect. And I think that's one of the main points that the Savior makes as he educates his disciples in this account. Some challenges happen as part of the Lord's plan to help us become like him. We read in Ether 1227 in the Book of Mormon, And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give, into, I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Now note in the scripture how it says the Lord gives us weakness. And he does this so that we can be humble and we can turn to him. And eventually he can turn that weakness into strength. Um, so I think one of the points is to be thoughtful about the potential sources of your troubles. And I think this kind of goes back to the point that we made with um, the woman taken in adultery and how the Savior had compassion on her. We need to have compassion on ourselves as well. Um, and it's a fine balance. Uh, it's kind of a moving target. Don't assume that nothing is your fault because that's not right. There are things that we do that we should not have done, and those cause difficulty in our lives, but we also don't need to assume that everything is our fault. And often I see people vacillating between those two uh, extremes. Uh, most of the time when people suffer from chronic mental health issues, they tend to be on the extreme of assuming everything is their fault, and that's simply not true. We need to take responsibility where we've made poor choices, and we need to give ourselves grace for our failures. 
but not assume that all of our difficulties are a result of something that we've done. We need to acknowledge the Lord's wisdom. Um, and if he calls us to pass through tribulation, then we accept that as part of his plan and then look for how we can grow as a result. Now, I always end my podcasts with an invitation to act. Um, I think that's very important that we do something in our lives, um, especially with mental health. Nothing gets better until we decide to do something about our situation. Um, don't worry about trying to do every invitation every week. Just uh, look for the ones that make sense for you. So this week's invitation is I want you to think about a personal challenge or character flaw or defect that uh, keeps you from becoming more like the Savior. And then all I want you to do is think about what can you do to give yourself more grace and compassion regarding this challenge. I do have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement the weekly invitations. To find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter, and you can find that link in the show notes. Also, I invite you to subscribe, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and please share it with others if you think uh, it could bless their lives. I also have a new mental health consultation program where you can view webinars, get insights, and use tools to make progress towards greater mental health. It's called the Keep Moving Forward program. Uh, please click on the link in the show notes for more information. This month, we're talking about setting healthy boundaries, um, and there's a webinar this week where we're going to talk specifically about that. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action, and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.